If you're struggling with figuring out what to post on social media, uh, what works in terms of content on your website or again on online, uh, you're not alone because a lot of people, a lot of real estate professionals, real estate investors I notice either have a, a short-term view expecting quick results in terms of social media content they post or uh, what they are posting is not very engaging. Well, my guest today is a content scientist, and he's going to uncover for us what works, what doesn't, and what you should be thinking about in terms of both social media and content. I think you're going to find this episode really intriguing, interesting, and above all, useful. And the other thing is you want to check out his social media profiles because he has spiky orange hair. There you go. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast, helping you build your real estate personal brand. If you want to stand out from the crowd, attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time, you're in the right place. My name is Paul Kompkut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes you, the real estate business owner, brandtastic. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can spend less time marketing your business and still get the results you want. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the REI Branded Podcast. And I am really pleased to have on the show this week my guest, Scott Ayers, who is the current content scientist for the Social Media Lab. And he, is, uh, he conducts extensive tests and research to help social media managers and business owners get the most out of their posts, busting myths along the way. Uh, he is the co-author of Facebook All-in-One for Dummies and the podcast host for Social Media Lab and Social Media Lab Live Show. He's written over 2,000 blog posts on social media topics and has written for three blogs to make Social Media Examiner's top social media blogs list, which is quite the accomplishment if you're not familiar with that. Um, Scott loves busting myths about social media marketing. And what I really like is even if that means going against what he has been previously taught um, mm -hmm. or is still being taught by the gurus today. So unlike many social media experts, Scott brings a real-world approach and perspective that business owners can relate to. And if you're watching this on video, he also has orange hair, which <laughs> I have to kick off. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for <laughs> taking the time to be with us. Yeah, thanks for uh, for having me. And like, it's always weird when people read all that. Like, yeah, I guess I did do all that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good to be on. And yeah, of course, I always have the orange hair on. I sleep in it sometimes by accident. Uh, no, it's but yeah, it's it's a fun thing to have, and everybody remember you know remembers seeing the orange haired Texan uh, on a, on a live show or in person when I dress like this. And where where did that come from? Because that's the kind of kind of personal brand kind of a. It kind of stands. Yeah, yeah. What it, what it came from is, you know, our our company is Agora Pulse, uh, and part of Agora Pulse's logo is is orange, uh, always has been. And so we when we created the lab, which has been almost five years ago, um, we wanted it to have a character that was used in blog posts and, and you know and the images inside the blog posts and stuff like that. And so we're like, he's got to have orange hair. He's got to be a mad scientist with orange hair. And so we create this little character and we use that little animated character, you know, for two years, it was just on blog posts. That's all it was. And then uh, I remember this was, I think, uh, I say two years, about a year and a half. It was like December of, of 2018 and our, our company's based out of uh, Paris, France, and we meet virtually and so I, on camera. And so I'd bought a wig and a, and a lab coat, this actual same lab coat. Um, on Amazon, and then showed up to the meeting dressed like this, and everybody just started cracking up. And and then two months later, we were like, "Hey, we want to do, start doing a live video show because live video was really really hot, especially in early 2019, if you remember." And uh, so we're like, "Yeah, let's do a live show, live show." And and I was like, "What if I dressed up? You know, what if I put the wig and lab coat on?" And my my boss was like, "Are you sure? Do you really want to do that?" I'm like, yeah, no one's going to remember, you know, the guy in glasses, you know, wearing, wearing a baseball cap and probably a t-shirt, you know, or a hoodie. They're not going to remember that guy, but they're going to remember this one. 
And so sure enough, we, you know, I started doing that. It took off the live show was, you know, a huge success and still, still going 106, 107 episodes into it now. Um, and the fun part was at social media marketing world, which is a huge social media marketing event, probably the biggest one in our industry. Uh, it's like three months after we started the live show. I'm dressed like this, walking around 5,000 people, <laughs> uh, which at first was a little like, oh, I got to do this. And uh, I, I just embraced it and went with it. But the uh, opening opening keynote is by Michael Stelzner, who is the, the president of, of Social Media Marketing World and Social Media Examiner. And he starts, he's talking about live video, about people who are doing it well. And then boom, he shows our live show and shows images of me wearing the orange wig and the lab coat. Of course, I, I stood up and like took a bow and uh, my phone went crazy and people were like, yeah, I can't believe you're just on stage. You know? And uh the rest was history. Like it is the branding just stuck. And by the end of that two day event, like every, my, my CEO was like, cause I, he had a wig too. I gave him a little wig to wear around uh, at the show at the event, which was funny. And he's like, what we just pulled off for, you know, maybe a hundred dollars in costumes, you know, we couldn't have ever done with ads or anything else. And the branding just, they knew orange haired guy, the lab, Agora pulse, you know, and that's what I hear now. And so, um, now I, I go to events like this. I speak at events like this. Of course, we haven't spoken in public events and person events, you know, a year and a half. Um, and it's just who I am now. Everybody knows me. If I don't show up with uh, the orange wig on and the lab coat, people don't know who I am typically. Um, it takes them a second to, to realize it. Um, and, and so that's, that's the power of, of branding and having really good branding. Now, you don't always have to dress up and be, you know, like this. Um, but it's especially on video and images, it's a pattern interrupt. You know, people are watching a live video and they see somebody dressed up almost like cosplay. They're they're like, what is this? <laughs> what is this guy talking about? And they do listen, they take me seriously, but it is a little bit, you know, everybody can't help but take a selfie and they can't help but you know with me and they can't help but look at it. And on their on phone on their phones, especially if they're thumbing on Instagram, the orange hair is gonna stand out. Uh, and so I always tell people, you know, don't go this extreme perhaps, but, you know, find something that stands out. Maybe it's a bright colored shirt that you wear in every image and every video or, or something, uh, with your branding has got to stick out. Hmm. And you, you talked about interrupt. So is that one of the things that you kind of recommend in terms of making social media stand out? Yeah, I, th I think, you, you know, our goal as marketers is, you know, how do we stop the scroll? How do we get people's thumbs to slow down and take a look at whatever it is that we've posted? And so, you know, for live video, especially, we like pattern interrupts. Um, and typically, I'll have lights flashing behind me. You know, I've got goofy things on my set behind me, like the Incredible Hulk and Captain America and a troll doll and just a bunch of randomness. Uh, the feet of a Bigfoot character is above me, figurines above me. You know, I got a skeleton wearing an orange wig behind me. And so, you know, it, it, for live video, especially, you know, we want to catch people's attention. Um, images, you want to do the same. And so I, I think, yeah, it's pattern in or how, how can you stand up? If you think about YouTube, the videos that get the most views and are show up in, in like the suggested and recommended column. The ones that catch your eye and get the get the views are typically the ones that got crazy thumbnails that really stand out, and then they get they draw your attention. And versus one that's kind of boring. Um, and so even at you know like realtors, you know you got to be creative with those thumbnails. You might think you just want to show the pretty house, you know, or but you do something that's extreme a little bit. Maybe get a crazy zoom on it, or it's sideways, or you know you got to think of ways to catch people's attention. Uh, on social media, otherwise, you know, you look your white noise, and you know they're just going to ignore it. Especially if you post the same way over and over and over. <laughs> like I'm, I'm friends with some realtors. I actually am an admin of a few realtor pages, um, mainly just to look at their anal analytics. And they probably have forgotten they made me an admin years ago. Um, and <laughs> they, their posts, while I, the houses are listing, of course, the market here in Texas is fantastic still right now. Uh, for sellers, <laughs> not so much for buyers. Home, the home prices have gone up so much. Um, but a lot of their posts are just the same over and over and over. And then you're like, I don't know which house they're even posting about anymore uh, because they don't change. They use the same template 
and just regurgitate it. And I'm, you got to switch it up. So if a few of them do, a few of them have embraced video and drones, vi- you know, doing videos around the house, even in the house, flying around. And that always gives you a fun, you know, video to, that catches people's attention. Um, so yeah, pattern interrupts are, I think, of any kind are, are super important. Mm. What what is Social Media Lab? Perhaps give us a background there. Yeah, our our you know what the lab our our CEO contacted me. I just left another app company back in late 2016, and he 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 wanted to start the lab to, you know, kind of change the game when it came to what social media marketers were were blogging about and podcasting about, um, because we were we were falling into and seeing. I was part of the problem even back then is a lot of the stuff we were writing about wasn't tested enough. We would give you, here's the five best things to post on Facebook. And a lot of times, it, you know, we either just, we liked it. So we, we gave that to you as ideas, or we would do it on our own page once and it does well. So we tell everybody else to do it, but it might not actually work. Um, so he wanted to put some science behind our, you know, the, what we talked about, because he'd done some testing uh, and written about some tests that he had done, and they 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 performed very very well on the blog, and and so our goal when when we started it was to, you know, do the like you said earlier, bust the myths, rumors, and stories of, of social media marketing and using science. You know, I use, and if you think back to your you know ninth grade biology class, you know the scientific method. You know, we use the scientific method throughout our our tests. You know, I go out there, I see what other people are saying. And, you know, see if I can find a couple of, of people saying one way or the other. Then I come up with some sort of hypothesis, which is my best guess on what might happen when I test it. Um, run, set up my test, run my test, and then, you know, give the results back unbiased using the data. Um, and uh, it's hard sometimes because I'm wrong <laughs> a lot because I think the other way because that's what people have been teaching you know, for years. And then you go like, oh, well, that's different. Let me go test that again to make sure. Um, but we have to, we have to do it that way. We have to trust the data. Um, and we use, you know, the it's a geeky formula uh, called a statistical significance formula or a statistical significance calculator, which, which basically means that if we want at least 95% statistical significance, which is a high number because most time in marketers, you know, we're like, hey, is this one did 70% better? Let's keep doing it. But 70% better is not scientific. Uh, it's just, it happened. <laughs> you know, it, is, it may not happen every time. And, and so we had to have 95%. That way, if I run the test again, or you ran the test, or somebody else ran the test, they should get similar um, results. And it's hard. Some 95% is usually like we go off 95 because 95 is typically what medicine. Uh, wants 97 and is, is really some of the higher level medicines, 97%. Um, if you think about right now with vaccines and stuff and talk, you're hearing about the success rate. They're, they're talking about the statistical significance uh, rate of it. The way that, so you hear that, oh, it's 93%, 94% successful. That's statistically significant uh, right. calculated. And so that's, that's what we've been doing. And the, the problem that I run into and other people run into it oftentimes when they're writing or testing anything, especially social media, is we're not testing across enough different uh, profiles. You know, if you just test on your real estate page in Podunk, Texas, and you only do it for like three posts and you decide, oh, this one did better. So we're going to do that from now on. That's not scientific. You got to test across multiple profiles across multiple industries. And the way you're testing the algorithm, not the audience, um, because everybody's audience lives. So for me, that's my biggest challenge always is to, you know, try to test things across multiple uh, accounts. That way I can truly say to everyone, doesn't matter what you do, here's what we're seeing the algorithm tell us. Um, and, and that's where that's that's a struggle a lot for us, but a struggle for everyone. So when you're reading something, if you see a blog from somebody that tells you, hey, go do this, and they only tested on one account, and they only did it like on two posts, you probably should ignore it. <laughs> you, might, <laughs> you, you might go, oh, okay, I'll try it, but I'm not going to depend on it. Like there's a, uh, there was a study that came out that was about um, emojis in tweets. And 
big, big, huge blogs were picking up this, this study and, and talking about it and quoting it. And the study said, if you use an emoji in a tweet, you got about 25% higher engagement. And everybody's like, oh, hey, if I can get 25% higher engagement, I'll put it in a smiley face. You know, Let's just do it. And so I looked at the data and there's two problems with it. One was it was a, it was a paid tweet, not an organic tweet that the, the guy used. So it doesn't even reply to anything organic. And then it was only two ads. So all he did, two ads, two tweets. Again, way too small. And even then, he only spent like $50 between the two ads. Uh, so just it was a very tiny, tiny you know, sample, not big enough to... But everybody was writing about it. Like all these huge marketers and, and blog, HubSpot, other people were writing about it. And we're like, oh, this must be legit. I know a company who formed their whole business around emojis off of this study. And uh, I had to call him out at a, at a conference once. We both were speaking and it was kind of fun. Uh, but you know, we, when we tested that, we used you know, 10 different Twitter accounts. You know, I think we tested about 500 tweets total and it was all organic. And, and, you know, and then we, we can go, okay, yeah, we got a tiny bit better. But not twenty five percent. That's that's the stuff you've got to look for in, in marketing. Um, it's like you know, you know, like medical stuff. You see someone say, "Oh, this helps you do this," and they you read the study, and only five people took the drug or whatever. You're, you shouldn't trust it. It's just, it's the same situation, right? You so you mentioned um, being you know thinking one way, and then you're completely surprised mm-hmm. by the data telling you something completely opposite. Can you give us a recent example of something like that where you've kind of, um, wow, I would not expect yeah, to. Probably the biggest one overall that if people ask me about it the most, and I, I've tested it the most, because um, people have been teaching it for, for years, was the, the placement of your, your hashtags uh, on Instagram. So like, where do you put... Because ha- the thing with hashtags is hashtags are a way people search and can find you that probably aren't already following you. There's no reason for your followers to be searching for, you know, and find you. They're already going to see you anyway. Should they should anyway. Um, but there's a lot of people who've been teaching for I don't know years, uh, especially the Instagram trainers and stuff that you should put your hashtags in the comments. Um, because you know, it, it looks better. It's it's not as ugly. It's and, and, you know, your followers won't see them. The way it doesn't feel so markety, you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, that's an odd thing to do because why would it show up? And there was a time when hashtags and comments would show up in the the explore feed. So I think Instagram just gets smart on that and they start to change it. So I tested it um, and (laughs) I ended up getting, when I put the hashtags in the original post, you know, as opposed to the first comment, we got about 29% higher reach. Uh, on those posts as opposed to the ones in the comments. Uh, and our engagement was, I think, I'm trying to look real quick. I think our engagement was up, you know, about nine to 10% with the hashtags in the original post, uh, which got me a lot of like the, the people who were teaching this and had courses around it didn't like that too much. And I got a couple of uh, messages like, hey, you can't say that. I'm like, yeah, I can. The data shows. And we've continued to teach that and tell people that. And then now, you know, we fast forward a little bit. Literally, I think three weeks ago, I was recording this. You know, Instagram came out and gave some updates on their Explore and Search. Now, search you don't have to just search by hashtags on Instagram. You, it's just keyword related, and so it will it will find your hashtag, but it'll also because you can do up to thirty hashtags in, in a post. Um, so it'll find your hashtag, but also just will find words in your your description as well. Uh, and then they say as well on that update. Hashtags go in the description, not in the comments. Hashtags in the comments will not show up. And I was finally like, yes, justification um, of all of this I've been dealing with for you know two years or so uh, of people, you know, because no one wanted to agree with me on it. And I'm like, the data don't, data don't lie. <laughs> you know, it's it can't. It just it's it's your you may have had success doing it the other way, uh, but not everybody will. And now Instagram is just not showing it at all. So if people are putting their hashtags in the comments, it's not doing anything. And why would it? Uh, because what that means is, you know, 
you could uh, somebody coming over to your account could add in a hashtag in the comments and somehow some random hashtag from some random person makes your content show up in search and it may not even be relevant. Um, so it, right. it never made sense that the comments would trigger the search side of, of Instagram. Um, that's just foolish. That's that's saying comments on a blog, which people don't do comments on blogs these days. But it's like saying comments on a blog would make your blog show up on page one of Google. You know, it wouldn't do that. Um, and so, right. yeah, that's that's the one that's probably the that still people are having the hardest time grasping uh, and, and adjusting to. Because on Instagram, you get you know you can write a huge description, uh, but after about 70, 72 characters, depending on if you use emojis or not, or you know that sort of thing. You get, the, you get read more and people have to tap on it to read more. So just make your description at least 75, 80 characters. No one will see it unless they want to, uh, who follow you. But even and, then, I mean, nobody cares. And what about emojis on Instagram? Is that relevant? Um, Should you be using it? We, we did test that as well because we got we, for a while there. It was funny because we, we started that Twitter test and then we're like, hey, let's test it on here. And hey, let's test it over here. Um, we, we tested emojis and we did, we did it a little differently than most probably would. We did a, like one, you know, we did, we did one, you know, emoji at the start of the, of the description, not like in the middle or replacing words. And it was kind of a, if I remember right, I'm trying to find it real fast. Um, I, I think it, in the end, it was almost a, almost a high, uh, it, it was just so, so close. Like our engagement rate was, like if you compare engagement, it was 1.75% with emojis, 1.7 without emojis. Uh, so like a very, very small difference. Uh, so I think it was like a 2.9% higher engagement rate when we use an emoji. So not a big enough difference to make you go, why well, I need to base my marketing around this. Um, but it, it's a little bit more. If you can get a little bit more, you might as well try. And the whole thing, again, you know, I, I would say don't abuse it. Like if you're doing the same one every time, it's like we were talking about earlier with the realtors' thumbnails and stuff, or are there posts on on social media? If you if you do the same thing over and over again, you got to change it up. Uh, right. So maybe you you change one, you you do want a couple of words in. I'm here and there because it could stop that scroll if it does stand out, or if, especially if you've, you know, I've seen what what make me pay attention as a, as a just a human. This isn't scientific here, but when I see someone's Instagram posts. And there's a bunch of emojis all together, like right at the start. It makes me go, oh, because it just it, it's a different color, you know, you see on, on your phone and it kind of makes you go, oh, okay. Because you got to think most people are on their phone. They're not on their, their desktop looking at these things. Um, so, yeah, a little bit of, of an advantage, but not enough to like make me say you should do it every time or require your social media managers to, to do them all the time. I think you need to apply for an orange hair scientist emoji. That would be, uh, and you could use. Yeah, I should internally. <laughs> yeah, internally in Slack, I have one. Right. Um, like we made, we made, I made a little emoji like to use as a reaction in Slack, and that's yeah, you know, it's my head, <laughs> which is which is kind of fun. <laughs> but I do like that you can do like in Facebook comments. You know, you can use or anywhere else comments. You can use the there's a flame, and the flame yeah. kind of looks like my hair a little bit. It's kind of orangish. Uh, so I use that one a lot to right. replace my hair. <laughs> Earlier, you mentioned algorithm. Right? I think mm -hmm. that's a that's a big mystery kind of word right. that people have. Uh, yeah, for the benefit of people that maybe don't even understand, you know what what are what is the algorithm? What does mm -hmm. it do? And then, as a follow up, is that one of the big challenges? Is you know, all the time, the social media companies are changing yeah. because they're trying to they're trying to stay one step ahead. Is that correct? Or I just want to stop a second and ask you about your web presence. You know that people are going to Google and check you out online if they want to do business with you, and so it's incredibly important that you have a reliable, secure hosting web service. And a stable hosting plan that provides fast site speed. And if you're installing a website for the first time, a nice, easy to use, secure one click system to install WordPress. That's why I recommend and use Bluehost, which powers more than 2 million websites online and is the number one recommended hosting provider by WordPress. 
It's got 24-7 support, which is really good, free security certificates, and a free domain name registration. Uh, Bluehost Web Hosting is a powerhouse. If you'd like to get a special offer through this podcast, go to the show notes from this episode, click on the Bluehost uh, image or link, and they'll take you straight there to get a special offer. Now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what the algorithms do, and every social site has a different algorithm. Uh, and even within each social site, there are different algorithms. Like Instagram, for example, has an algorithm for stories, an algorithm for the feed, an algorithm for reels, an algorithm for IGTV. And they're all independent, and they all kind of impact the other one here and there. Uh, but the algorithms, what they do is, is, is they, what the sites, all the social sites pretty much have tried to do these days, and there's always arguments against it, um, is try to show you content that they think based on the algorithm that you need to see so you keep coming back and you keep finding more content. Because if you get bored, you're not going to open the app back up. Uh, and Facebook was probably one of the first to kind of introduce that. I remember when the news feed came out, um, they, they introduced the algorithm. And we went from, if you remember, we went from like most recent posts. It was all in, you know, it was all in revert, you know, reverse order to this algorithm thing and everybody was so mad. And of course, now you can still switch back and forth. Most people don't though, uh, between most recent versus the algorithm. Because what you'll find, I know for me, I go to most recent and I don't enjoy it as much as the, the one that's actually the algorithm telling me. And so if Facebook doesn't know what they're doing. They're pretty smart. But that algorithm will help you, you know, like say for Facebook, for example, and they've changed it a lot, but it's going to show you the last, you know, let's say about 10 accounts or places that you've touched and engaged with. So if you've been active in a group, if you've been commenting on someone's you know personal profile or a business page, the next time you open the app back up or the desktop up, you're more likely to see content from them. But if I say like I never engage with you know Bobby's profile, eventually I'll stop seeing Bobby's content. Um, in, in my feed, unless I go over and, and unless he comments on something of mine, then it might pop back up. Um, that's the interesting thing. And the interesting about Facebook, to where it's different, and LinkedIn is probably a little bit similar. Um, on business pages, engagement from people that aren't connected is important. You know, so you and I may not be friends on Facebook, and we're, but you know, your engagement on, let's say, a local realtor's page has an, and I like the page too. Even if you and I are not connected, that engagement and that virality um, will could make that that post show up in my feed because I like the page, even though you and I aren't connected. LinkedIn, uh, Instagram is totally opposite. Instagram's feed, it doesn't. You and I could follow each other. You and I could engage with each other. We could engage with different things. Our engagement does not impact the, you know someone else's feed on Instagram. It's all about you personally. So like whatever you're touching, whatever you're commenting on. That's what you're going to see, um, and so it doesn't matter if you know someone else is crazy active on you know some account that we both follow. It's not going to make it show up for me. It's very very personalized uh, for me only, and it's the same thing with the reels and the you know the stories. TikTok has done that really well, um, and I know realtors. There's probably there are some realtors doing well on TikTok. I've seen a few. Um, you don't have to dance on there either. You can do business tips or show houses or you know whatever. There's a lot more things you can do on there other than dance the songs. But TikTok's algorithm is probably the smartest one out there because it'll start to realize based on how what category of accounts that you're following and what sort of content that you tend to click that like on or follow. And that's all you'll start to see in your for you page, which is like stuff that you know, it's just kind of out there versus what you follow. Like my wife is a kindergarten teacher and she's never been on TikTok. You know, she's never really cared for it. But her, her, some of her coworkers kept sending these funny videos of, of teachers and some, you know, tips and stuff. And so she's like, fine. So she signed up for an account. She's not never going to post on it. She's you know, going to be a lurker. Um, but she started following just these teacher pages and her, her for you looks so different than mine. And that's all she sees is stuff that's related to what she chose to follow and engage with. Um, and, and that's the stuff that's pretty interesting, I think, when it comes to the algorithms that 
you see so different from each one of them uh, that they're figuring out. I think, you know, between TikTok and Instagram, I think theirs two are, are the best. Um, the rest of them, you know, LinkedIn sometimes has gotten a little bit better lately. Um, but I hate when you see stuff that's so old, it's a week old and it shows up the top of your feed and you're like, why am I seeing this now? Um, cause it started getting engagement and they pushed it back up, but it's so old, um, at that point. And Twitter, who knows what Twitter does? <laughs> Twitter's a free for all. So, your, your posts are dead in 15 seconds sometimes. Um, does, yeah. does that underline the point that you hear from a lot of, I guess, experts or gurus is you need to be thinking about different content for different platforms. Yeah, you do yeah, see a lot. Yeah. You do see a lot of people posting the same thing across four or five platforms, right? right. And, and that's wonder, is that. Yeah, I mean, it's natural to do that, you know, because you created something, you want to get on everything. It's and it's okay to do that. Just mix it up and think a little different on each one, because each one wants to see something different. You know, LinkedIn, you know, is more conversations on, on there than anything. Facebook, people just click like and move on. <laughs> You know, Instagram, people want to see stories, you know, you know, a lot more than they want to see stuff in the feed. And so you've, you've got to kind of play around with what, and you got to talk different on each of them too. Um, what The worst thing you can do is, you know, schedule your content out. And I do highly recommend using a tool to schedule your content because that makes you, you know, stay ahead of the game and, you know, organized. But <laughs> they'll do a, they'll tag someone or a page on Instagram or Twitter. And then they also post at the Facebook and it just has the at symbol in the middle of it. And it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't correlate. Um, so be careful doing that. And also I don't like, you know, when per people or brands um, post the same exact thing, the same exact time on all their accounts. Cause if I follow you on multiple accounts and I go LinkedIn, I go Facebook, I go Instagram all in like a 30 minute time period. And you've posted the same exact thing. It's kind of like, Oh man, you know, this isn't what real time we, I know it's scheduled, even though I work for a scheduling kind of company, but you know, it, it doesn't feel as honest. And one of them, you're just going to, you're not going to engage with all three of them, but if you space it out or rotate it, or, you know, maybe you're only, you got it shuffled where, it's a day or two later after the other one. Uh, right. But it's so easy just to push that button, I think, and send it everywhere that we want to do that a lot. We've, we've talked about realtors and another part of the audience for this, this podcast is real estate investors, and they tend mm. to spend uh, a fair bit of time on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. Do you have any specific recommendations around content for, for LinkedIn and what's working? Yeah, LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn's that you know, site. It's the first social site that's, well, it's the oldest site that I'm on that's still active today. You know, MySpace is gone. Well, kind of. Um, nobody uses it. <laughs> um, so LinkedIn's always been that site that I, I've loved. It just you kind of forget about it because Facebook comes around. And but now LinkedIn's made a, re, a resurgence um, here again lately. Uh, I spend more time on LinkedIn than I do anywhere else. Um, and what we've seen testing wise that works, and it's changing now. Your polls right now are taking over LinkedIn. Um, now I see polls on how annoying is our polls, you know, <laughs> are polls annoying? Yes or no? Yes. Uh, including this one. Um, but what we found, and those are something to consider doing because they do catch people's attention. It's real quick, you know, engagement, um, testing wise, what we found content wise that works over there tends to be, um, text only posts tend to always do better. They, they always get higher reach, you know, sometimes a thousand percent more higher reach um, than a, a link post uh, or a photo post. Um, and I think what, what, why that happens is on LinkedIn, you tend to only connect with people within your industry or at least close industries. And, and so people are more willing to give their two cents and kind of their social equity to your, your posts when you ask questions, you know, or have an open-ended, you know, long post of some sort that's just text with no graphics involved with it, no link taking them elsewhere. You know, they're just right there. People want to talk about it. So I know, you know, you know, like for, for real estate investors, you know, if somebody's asking some question on where's, you know, what's the hottest market right now or what, what are you seeing? 
boy, they're going to, they're going to want to give in their two cents because they want to get seen for one. Uh, but they, they have expertise and they're excited about it. like realtors, you know, you post on LinkedIn, Hey, what's your top three tips for a last minute open house? Other realtors that you're connected are going to give you ideas probably, uh, because there's, they're not, you know, they're even, especially they're not even in your same area. They're not even competitors at that point. You're just helping each other. Um, so LinkedIn is doing a good job on that side of it. And so text only updates tend to do really well over there. Um, you know, it's the polls. I want to test the polls and to see, you know, do they really cause more engagement? I don't, I, I see so many polls and I, I'm so quick to just on my phone, especially just to, I'll answer. Them. I'm like, oh, there's no one. Boom. I'll answer. Boom. No one. And, and now you notice that just because I have to, it took what a nanosecond to, to tap, you know, the answer. And then the, the cool thing about it is, is LinkedIn sends you a notification when the poll ends. So you can go see the results. Mm-hmm. So there's another touch point. People come back over to your profile and they see the results. They might read the comments or engage with the comments again, triggering that algorithm to get you to probably see more of that person or, or profile, business profiles content. Um, so the, the, the polls are, are really intriguing to me right now. Hmm. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot. I don't know if you are, but I'm seeing a ton of them. Uh, and yeah. it might be because I keep taking some. And you're, and you're right. <laughs> you're right. Of these polls annoying, I think is the number one poll I've seen. So. Yeah, there's a lot of those, but <laughs> it's and you are seeing some. Granted, I'm connected with way too many people, probably, but uh, I'm one of those people. Like, if you want to connect, sure, I'll connect. You're not going to hurt me, you know. It's not like you're going to come knock on my door tomorrow. Um, it, it's you're seeing a lot more of that. What I would call Facebook content happening a little more on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, where people are are publishing political stuff, you know, and and some personal stuff, and that's. You know, it's your account. You post whatever you want, um, but I think there's some who are like, "Whoa, you can't do that." You know, you're only supposed to talk about business over here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, how those people do because some people have left Facebook completely and they're only using LinkedIn. So that's their place. So they're going to yeah. share pictures of their kids or what's going on in their life as well as business stuff. Um, it doesn't have to just be your resume, you know, place. It is a social network after all. Um, yeah, that does well. Live video still does pretty well on LinkedIn. Um, right. Special, what about special. live? What about live generally? Is that? Um, I love live video, and and I I still am a big, you know, supporter of live video. I do multiple live video shows. Um, we have noticed Facebook's kind of, you know, seems they've pushed down the reach of live video lately, so it's a little mm-hmm. bit tougher lately to get the same amount of views we used to get. Uh, and this is across multiple pages. YouTube Live is still doing really well, uh, but YouTube Live, you tend to, you know, you're people who you got to have a good amount of subscribers usually to get an audience to be engaged on there. Um, and so that's, you know, if you got an audience over there, then great. And you can do really well on it. Um, and that watch time that you get, you get rewarded for watch time on YouTube, basically. You know, so you get someone watching an hour long YouTube live, it helps you tremendously. Uh, in, in far as their stats are concerned for other videos, um, Twitter, you know, they got rid of Periscope, but you can still go live through it <laughs> if you're still connected. Um, it, it does okay. But yeah, LinkedIn does, LinkedIn works. It's to, the only thing that's problem with LinkedIn live is like it takes you forever to get approved, um, which makes no sense. It took me two and a half years to finally get LinkedIn live. And by the time I get it, it's not as popular now. Uh, so it's like, ah, uh, Instagram Live, you can only do from your phone. You can't do it on desktop. So that's a hard thing for a lot of people, uh, especially business people, because you don't want to, you want to be able to do other stuff. Um, and it's, but Instagram wants it's Insta, instant. They want you to be in the moment sort of thing. Um, so I think that's why they've limited so far. I, I think they'll open it at some point. Um, yeah, I think I think lives are so great, and you, there's there's a place for them. That, that what I what I love about live is if you do have a community of people, even if it's just ten, they'll engage, they'll talk to you, and you can talk to them. It's just like podcasts, and you got to get you got an audience that's watching and listening. Then you take the live video and you repurpose it. You you turn that audio into a podcast. You you turn the video snippets into small snippets all over social to bring people back over to the original video or to a link or to the blog post that was the podcast is on or something like that. So there's lots of re- for me, I look at, I look at live video now for me 
as yeah, it's great if people engage during the live, but I'm this is a repurposing piece for me that I'm going to turn that one piece into 30, 40 pieces of content um, to push everywhere for a long time, you know, outside of that live video. Um, and you can kind of get it done in your 30, 40 minutes, whatever your live show is, uh, and be over it. Um, that That's where I look. That's why I love live video so much is, is that aspect of it. What What's the one thing you think businesses should focus on as it relates to social media? Uh, and this sounds a little bit like corny, but authenticity, I think, is, is key. Um, quality over quantity. You've heard that a thousand times. Uh, don't feel like you've got to post every day, you know, five times a day. Post at whatever cadence that you're comfortable with, uh, and that provides really good content. Um, if it's not really good content and you're not seeing engagement, then pull back and do something else. Um, I think a lot of in, in local businesses are the worst at it. Sometimes they they just post, 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 post. And you're like, oh, cool, oh, cool, and then you're like. Good God, they just they posted 10 times today on Facebook. I'm not going to follow this anymore. They've annoyed me now. I love you all, but no, it's too much. Um, so I think you got to worry about that cadence. You've got it, but it's the quality of that content that comes out. Be unique uh, in what you post. Do it different than what you post. Like, like you know, realtors, you know, I, I know that you like to post your, this house is, you know, up for sale. And then you do the, the same house, same photo. Pending, same house, same photo, sold. You know, I get it. I get why they do it. But when it's the same image three times with just a different description, we're confused as as followers of what's going on. Um, so you might pull back on that sort of stuff. Be creative with it. Do videos. Like there's a local realtor here. She she mainly focuses on on ranches and real big properties. And so she does the coolest videos with a drone, you know, that's flying around the property, showing you the land. And it's, it's, it's fast. It's funny. You know, it's, it's got some quirkiness to it. And with her in the middle of it, her dog is always with her, this kind of thing. But she's unique. She's, she's figured out something that's unique and it, she stands out from the other realtors. Um, so provide people that quality stuff that they, that no one else is doing, like figure out what that is. Um, and it might be a live, like I think realtors doing live walkthroughs of a house mm -hmm. would be amazing to do, you know, especially in COVID era. I mean, a lot of people don't want to go, you know, to an open house or something. Just do a live open house, take questions and walk around the house, show it off, you know, live with it, with your phone. That's fine. It's your phone. People will forgive you if you're bouncy a little bit. Um, but there's those unique stuff like that, that you can do that others aren't thinking about. Um, and it makes you stand out. You don't need orange hair to do it. <laughs> you know, you just be yourself. But I think it's like, back to your first question. I think authenticity uh, and quality over quantity. Don't chase the algorithms because chasing the algorithms like a dog chasing his tail. You know, you're never going to catch it and you're just going to be frustrated. Um, but do see what's working for others and maybe figure out how you can do it. Read tests that like we do to get a leverage and maybe, a, you know, a leg up you know, on the next thing right. that you do. Um, and I, I, that's probably what I would recommend. Okay. Thank you. I have a few questions that I like to ask uh, mm -hmm. guests. Um, what's your favorite personal brand or brand and why? Uh, you know, it, it goes up. It changes a lot <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, the brand right now that excites me the most, just because he's super creative, is one called Poddex. I don't know if you've seen Poddex as a podcaster. It's poddex.com. Uh, it's a guy named Travis Brown who's you know done dozens of podcasts. He's a podcast trainer. He created, I think I have, I have one in front of me. He, he created these little decks of cards originally. They're actual decks of cards that have questions on it for people to interview and have interview question ideas. So if you get stumped, don't know what to ask somebody, you just say, hey, just get on here and I'll ask you, what's your favorite gadget? You know, what, when did you, how do you see success and blah, blah, blah. And he's got funny ones like, you know, he's what, you know, would you rather sort of things or just, you know, would you rather, you know, eat, eat a can of beans or a rotten banana, you know, or something like that. But tons, he's got tons and tons of these, these physical decks, but then he's been smart and made it into an app that has them all on an app now. So it's on your phone and there's thousands of ideas for podcasters to have things to talk about when they interview people on shows or interview yourself. 
maybe that's your podcast. Cause a lot of people get like sometimes people struggle with what to talk about on a podcast. And so it's a great way to kind of keep you going, but his branding and the stuff that he's doing on social media, his, the Instagram account is probably right now my favorite Instagram account. Cause it's just super colorful, super engaging, educational, quirky, and it, it stops my scroll every time. And I'm not getting paid by Travis to say this. Um, you know, he's just somebody I've, I've, I've met, I've interviewed him and then I, I got a deck and then now I'm like, oh, this is so, this is such a great idea. Um, and he does fun stuff. Like he does these mystery boxes, um, every month you buy a mystery box for like 50 bucks, I think. And he ships it to you and you're, you don't know what's going to be in it. You're paying 50 bucks. Cause he's basically, he's, he's like, all right, I'm doing 12 of these. So he knows what his cost was to cover his, you know, whatever, all the stuff he's bought. But sometimes, you know, one of them's going to have a $200 microphone in it. You know, one of them's going to have, an, you know, some, some piece of gear in it. You're going to at least get your $50 value back at whatever, you, whichever one you buy, but you might get something worth a whole lot more. That's been really intriguing to, to watch what he's doing with that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I love, I love what, what Poddex is, is doing right now. And uh, I, think a, I, think, I think a lot of people could take, especially his social could could look at it and, and steal some of his ideas and apply it to themselves. Uh, and you know, the branding is just, it's just, he's, he's funny too. So that helps. Um, but it's just really good. I guess it, there's nothing stopping you taking the pod deck questions and using those on social media. Oh is yeah. Uh, yeah. You can, you know, you could do too. And he doesn't care because uh, you've already paid him. So, I mean, I, I've <laughs> taken, I've taken pictures of the physical cards and just use that as a social media post or screenshot it off the app and the question, or just type it out and make my own question. So if you want ideas to ask questions and get, I've used them all the time. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it too. He's like, people are going to do it and that's fine. You know? Um, Cause they're still, you know, they still got it from him and paid him at some point. <laughs> so he didn't care. Uh, but yeah, you can find ideas about posts from just all these decks, you know, that he's created. What about a recommended business book or podcast that you enjoy? Uh, my favorite podcast is uh, Marketing School with Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Okay. Uh, it's marketingschool.io um, is, is their website. Neil Patel, of course, is a you know one of the smartest guys out there when it comes to SEO and, and you know, all the Google search stuff. Eric, kind of the same way. Eric's just you know, in his twenties, entrepreneurial own huge, started, you know, huge, small business that become huge and been bought out. And, you know, these guys are both millionaires. Um, and they do this podcast that's seven days a week. And it's probably what I, I think what I like about it most is only like six to eight minutes long. If that each episode, sometimes less. So you can listen to it really fast. Uh, but they give great insight. Like they're, they, they dive into what's working for them and what they've been testing and, what they're doing in branding and marketing. And there's, I usually listen to them. I'm in the gym at, you know, and I, I listen to it fast too, like one and a half, two speed. So it's even faster podcast. But oftentimes I'm like, oh, I got to stop and write down what they just said, you know, so I'll take a note and text it to myself because it's really, really good. And it's bite size. So you, you know, you don't have to sit there for 45 minutes. Um, they just boom and they batch record them too. They'll, they'll, you know, what they'll do usually is I'll record one month in one day. You know, just get together and they record them, and then boom, they they put them out every uh, every day. So yeah, marketingschool.io. Uh, uh, it's it's great, and their branding is slick too. Eric just wrote a book um, called Level Up. You know, it's it's good stuff. Cool. What about a current tool or resource that you're enjoying using? Going back to what I was talking about earlier about live video being a, a repurposing piece for me. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's an app called or a site. I don't think it's actually, I don't know if it actually has an app for your phone or not, but it's a website. Um, Zubtitle, Z U B title, zubtitle.com. And what it does is, you know, you can take your video, like you take out a segment of, of one of your videos and you put it into their tool. It'll transcribe it for one. Uh, it'll add, so it adds the subtitles, which subtitles are important in videos because, you know, that's people usually have their phones muted. So they got to see the sub. It puts the subtitle, and then you can put a title above. You can make them square, wide, tall for Instagram or TikTok or whatever. All in just a few clicks. Boom, boom, boom. It's done. Um, you can put color backgrounds on them. 
so all those Gary Vaynerchuk style videos that you've seen, you can make those kind of videos and look really sharp. Um, and you know, it does have a cost, but it's not real expensive. I forget what, what it is. It's, it's a low cost to have. I'm trying to look it up. Like you can get two videos a month for free. So if you want to use it for just two a month, it's free, but you know, $19 a month, you get 10 videos, $49 a month, you can do 30. Um, but you can go back right. into the video you created and change the size. So you can take one video is three or four different sizes um, and even change out the title that you had at the top. But yeah, it's it's a really, and even have a, a progress bar so you can see something moving across. So people know the video is only 60 seconds or, or whatever. Um, but if you're if you're in live video or any kind of video, it makes you look really good. Um, mm. really quick. So sub title. So they, they played off subtitle. Okay. Sub title. Great, great resource. Um, Thank you. And you can just do you audio on it too if you want to. I mean, you don't have great. to do video, you know. Do you have a favorite quote? You know, I'm not real big on quotes. My I use this one a lot. And you know, I have I have it as a shirt too. I don't know who I don't know where I got it from or who who's said it first, but my, my life's motto's always been it, it is what it is. And and life comes at you, you know, and it's, it's how, what you do with it. How do you deal with it? You know, the old, you know, life hands you lemons, make lemonade, but you know, I've always just said it is what it is. So if something bad happens, it is what it is. What are we going to do? Um, how I react is way more important than what happened in most cases. So I'm a pretty laid back person and most things don't bother me. Um, so yeah, I, I live, I live that motto probably quite a bit. So I don't know who I stole it from, but I've said enough. It's mine now. So. <laughs> I think the quote I'm taking away from, from our conversation that you said pretty much at the, at the beginning is how do we stop the scroll? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, you've, you've given some great insights into that. Some great. Yeah. Ideas. I think as a social media manager or business owner, that's what you should always be thinking is how do you stop the scroll? How do you get people to slow down at the gym or on the bus or, you know, at, at on lunch or wherever else, how do you get them to stop? Um, right. And that takes a little bit of time and creativity. Uh, of course. How can people best get hold of you, Scott? What's the well? Just, just look for orange hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. But on on social media, we're Social Media Lab Live, pretty much everywhere. Uh, we have two podcasts: it's Social Media Lab. That's all of our experiments only. And then I, I take our live show and repurpose it, uh, and take the interview because I interview people, um, and I, I put that to a new podcast called Social Media Lab Live that you can find. Uh, and you should be able, there's, it's kind of our, my forwarding link is messing up right now, but socialmedialab.live should take you over to our website uh, for the lab. If not, just go to agorapulse.com, our parent company, and you'll find us on there um, okay. as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you for today. As I say, I think you've given people some great insights and ideas and, and maybe also just taking a little bit of the fear away. Uh, and yeah, I, like, what I like your points about authenticity <laughs> and and quality over quantity and yeah. and pick your own cadence. I think that's that's great advice as well. So uh, thank you very much, Scott, and have yourself a, a brand-tastic day. Yeah, thanks for having me on.